across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. It always fascinates me what people believe and what they won't believe. I mean, there's so much going on. And right now we are in an era where you can't believe anything. As we start to use and utilize AI, things are really starting to get tweaked, folks. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, think of these three scenarios with AI. So AI put together a a news team completely generated all the stories, graphics, the anchors, and everybody in it are all AI generated. And you can't tell. You can't tell one bit. As a matter of fact, it looks better than the actual news. It's crazy. Then you've got uh, AI. Okay, so that's AI just completely fabricating reality for us, right? Then there's AI coming forward and showing Vladimir Putin that... uh, America didn't land on the moon. <laughs> so you got AI proving things that, uh, you know, the, the human eye might miss. And then on top of that, uh, another AI discovered that there was a global amnesia that occurred during the pandemic. And they say this is something that humans most likely wouldn't have noticed on their own. But AI compiling its large uh, language management just uh, put it all together and realized that there was this massive amnesia that the world went through during the pandemic and things that we don't remember. At the same time, we've got Peru still dealing with attacks from face peeling aliens. The stories continue to come in and Mexico brings aliens out on the stage, wheels them out and says, here we have them. Here's MRIs and X-rays. And yeah, they're real. Or just the fact that King Charles boasts that he is the direct descendant of Count Dracula. (laughs) Where do we bring our reality at this point? So I thought tonight we could talk with Brett Larson. He's a prominent figure in the fields of ufology, the paranormal, and music. He's dedicated 15 years to exploring this enigmatic world. (laughs) Let's get that word out. Uh of this unexplained right and and he's been an ardent researcher on ghosts paranormal cryptids and conspiracies and through his extensive research he's compiled a comprehensive guide for all of you of the most intriguing mysterious cryptids that have been reported in every state in the united states and his book cryptids cryptids of the usa a state-by-state guide to mysterious creatures uh, goes deep into each one of these state by state, and it is uh, it's an epic read. Uh, it's hard to know what really is going on on planet Earth. So, welcome to the free zone, Brett. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And when you're going through your intro, I forgot about those stories coming out of Peru. That, uh, I don't know how I forgot about that one, the the face peeling aliens or whatever was being reported. Yeah. So there was a there was a number of reportings like that coming out, wasn't there? It hasn't stopped. I thought it was going to be oh, just one of those little <laughs> blips. But I mean, this one, I think, surpasses the uh, Malaysian Airlines and people <laughs> talking about it. Uh. I don't know how I've 
falling off the loop of that one. That that is one I need to dive back into. Yeah, that one definitely would fit right in with your your UFO cryptid stories because uh, it kind of brings in both together. Although it's hard to tell, you know. Now we're seeing all these images of uh, flying men on their little platforms. And so some people are saying, oh, it's a uh, paramilitary with their special force uh, technologies. But then, you know, why are they hassling this poor town in Peru and cutting off people's faces? It's it's very bizarre. No, that that is an intense one, because I guess either way, the question why would come up, whether it be aliens, like what are they getting out of peeling faces or some sort of government or military operation uh why <laughs> that's you don't need to rip people's faces off there's no good reason there it just doesn't seem to be a good reason i don't <laughs> no, i mean there were I cattle mutilations it. right and that's why they come and take the cheeks and the genitals and such but i don't think this is the same no no i mean i guess with the cattle mutilations too that's a little bit gnarly but it's a little closer to home if it's a human so and maybe those vegans are onto something with equal rights because now that it's you know these stories about people that's i have a lot more uh, empathy towards the cows now so you might I think about just... that a lot when i eat pork yeah like, <laughs> there's oh, a man, lot was... of people and a lot of evidence that suggests that pork and pigs are part human yeah I mean, we See, take their organs all... right at one point, I, I gave being vegan a shot. I made it about a year because every once in a while, you know, it's like I, I feel it down to the soul of like, God, like these things are, you know, they, they have a consciousness and feelings and all that stuff. But uh, I'm no good at cooking. And I feel like if you're going to be healthy and be vegan, you got to actually put time and effort into making your food and that's just not happening with me so uh sorry to everyone else that follows that path uh it was laziness that brought me out of it yeah i i, I tried that too <laughs> and i agree you know i used a lot of phyllo dough to wrap up my vegetables to make them into something more you know enjoyable but it was just constant work i had the same problem and i was hungry all the damn time so yeah yep no i'm already I'm already too skinny. I I didn't have any weight to lose and I was losing it. Exactly. <laughs> but now that, you know, there's uh, all kinds of mRNA, genetic CRISPR technologies going on. Oh, I mean, great. we've been eating clown, cloned cows for decades already, you know. Now they're mutating them. I'm watching videos on uh, from TikTok on X of uh, vegetables that are like wiggling around and crawling away and stuff. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff yet, but I don't know no, what to believe anymore, man. I know it, it's hard to, especially the more and more uh, with this, how the AI technology is getting more advanced and with how rapidly it's getting advanced for the public use, say it's fair to assume that behind closed doors it's exponential behind what we're seeing so yeah it's getting a lot a lot harder to know what's fake and what's real and it was for a long time it's hasn't been that easy to know like you gotta really dive into stuff to know if the source is credible or not but now even if there's video evidence it's like yeah can you really trust the video no 
Yeah. I mean, I still don't believe planes hit the Twin Towers. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what are you going to do? Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. And that was bad CGI. <laughs> yeah. But at least with being bad CGI, camera quality, you know, wasn't all that great to begin with when it came to people's phones or whatever. So they could get away with bad CGI. Yep. Just like the moon landings that the AI was showing Putin. You know, we look at them now and we're like, how did we believe this? <laughs> so with that, I, I saw some sort of headline about that, but I didn't dive into it. What happened with AI Putin in the moon? Is this like a real thing where the moon landing got disproven by AI and Putin? Yeah, there's a short clip from uh, Russian television that's been going around and it shows the AI showing Putin pictures of the moon and, and highlighting the, you know, the, the messed up lighting and, and the things that didn't match and um, the different cuts in the imagery and such. So it pretty much laid it out for him, but it's all in Russian, but you can see the translation underneath it. But it basically is a short clip just saying, you know, here's, here's Putin learning that the moon landings were faked. Uh, through oh AI. Oh my God, that's wild. See, that's uh, see, there's some good with AI. I mean, like with that, disproving some sort of government lies and stuff. So, you know, if there's ways that we can use it for good, I mean, I, I've been using AI stuff for a while now. At least, like when it comes to images. Well, that was going to be like, my first question with the yeah. cryptids of the USA. The pictures are too epic. I was going to ask you straight out the gate whether yep. you were using Midjourney or. Uh... Yeah, so I I will fully admit to the AI, and that's also, I guess, on that topic of AI. So with this book, it was I don't know two or three years ago. I had for a, an article on my website, I made a kind of a smaller version of this where it was more so, you know, one to three paragraphs about each of these cryptids. And I put it out as an article. And when I was done with it, that itself was already, you know, hundred or so pages. So I was like, man, I've already put so much into this. I already have all the research and the sources I should make this a full-length book and so I had the idea from that article but then what made me put it aside for so long was I was like oh man like to really make this there's other people that have done similar things and I was like to make mine stand out I wanted to have really crazy artwork but I already know from commissioning art for my albums and merchandise and stuff how expensive that is and rightfully so like those artists are top notch and they deserve every penny that they get but for the sake of this book and kind of the vision I had for it there's no way I was going to front I don't know like it was a lot of graphics. The, yeah, it would have been in the thousands and thousands to have all that commissioned. And so uh, when I saw version one of Midjourney launch, that kind of got me thinking like, oh, man, maybe I could do something with this. And then 
I waited till a couple versions of it came out and it got a little bit more refined. And that's when I started cranking out the images. And so how I was doing the images is I, for different ones, I did kind of different combinations of tactics, but like with mid journey or art generation in general, it's all about the prompt. And so I had found some of the keywords that I wanted to keep across them to, to try to keep as uniform as a style as I could across them all. And then finding from people's testimony, taking the right keywords out of the things that actual witnesses have said and throwing it in there to experiment with what would come out and say some definitely came out more uh, plausible than others. And then uh, for the ones that I was struggling to get something that could be, you know, so, like a somewhat realistic, believable thing. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to fully commit to seeing how epic I can make it, even if it uh, is far from reality. But so, yes, that is uh, AI image generation is partially responsible for me deciding to finish this book up yeah yeah well, it came out great your your art and your prompts <laughs> definitely worked and that that is the key to learning all this and hell you know i i want to work on something like that i have a plan for a cartoon i have a sketch of my characters and i want to take the sketch and turn them into 3d models for unreal engine and put them in my metaverse uh and, and kind of make this whole cartoon as well that that uh, is the storyline for the metaverse so if anybody oh, out there awesome. is working on these kind of things let me know yeah there's so much that you can do with it and i mean as an artist i can totally see and hear the the worries and stuff that people have of you know this is taking money off the table for other artists and stuff and so many jobs yeah, and there's, you know, definitely some truth to that, but I think it also opens up so many creative outlets for people exactly. that, I mean, otherwise probably wouldn't have actually spent that money commissioning an artist or hiring an animator anyways. And so, like, for instance, like, yeah, with this book, it's, uh, I guess I I don't consider it money off the table because... I wasn't going to do the book because I didn't want to spend the money anyways. And so, you know, it uh, reopened that avenue for me or then even with some of the social media posts I've experimented with where, uh, you know, using MidJourney or uh, whatever OpenAI's version of it is, not not their GPT, but the whatever their art one is. And yeah, you can generate so much cool stuff with it that it's like I wasn't going to be paying someone for it. So I might as well do it for free because it gives me more creative outlets and more things to experiment with. And then when it comes to my album artwork and stuff like that, I've been going to the same guy for over a decade and I plan to keep going to him. So for things I would normally spend money on art, I'm still spending the money. Right. 
but now you can create with uh, such abandon and 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 goes to so many levels and i mean you know what what used to take me four months to make a half an hour tv show can be done in moments now yeah yeah it definitely speeds it up i'd say when it comes to the music side of ai i have tried experimenting with some of the things out there and i don't think the music stuff is to the point to where the the image stuff is i'm sure it's going to get there in no time because it goes yeah. so fast but i was curious to see man if i'm doing this stuff with art and artists are in a lot of cases not happy with all this you know i'm gonna feel the pain soon when there's gonna be hundreds of people popping up all over spotify and apple where they actually didn't write anything themselves they put prompts into some sort of thing and music comes out but i don't know i'm yeah, music's I'm not... your main gig right yeah yeah but i'm not necessarily going to be hating on people that end out doing that well how about more... this uh just today steven wilson i'm sure you're familiar yeah steven i don't know no? that i porcupine am. tree okay okay yeah, yeah. they're seattle based aren't they no uh british. no are they not british okay okay because well, i thought Stephen wilson they were is hugely prolific you know prog rock been around forever and ever but nobody in america knows of him it took me you know just i only discovered him the last decade and i i now own everything he, he ever made uh, uh through all of his different musical projects of uh, porcupine tree and then just Stephen wilson solo but just today he tweeted uh that he was challenged to write a christmas song and he said okay. he didn't think because he writes a lot of depressing music <laughs> and he said he he didn't think he could really write uh, a Christmas song in his style. So his friend was like, well, I'm going to challenge you to that. And he went to chat GPT and he prompted it to write a Christmas song in the style of Stephen Wilson. And it spit out the lyrics for him. And he has now produced the song. And he has now a Christmas song as of today. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So he let it reference other things he's written to then generate right. something in the style it thinks that he would do it so he's literally like mimicking himself yeah right. that's trippy <laughs> yeah. which i mean Inception yeah right hey there, it, it, yeah, it kind of is but no that that's awesome i for myself i think when it comes to writing music i have so much fun doing it that yeah i can't imagine Just wanting to yeah to to go that route but i have uh, one thing i have tried doing is when i was writing a song on guitar i was kind of lost with where where i should musically bring the next part and since for the last chunk of years i've been doing everything solo you know i don't have other musicians to be bouncing these ideas off of so i actually did try with chat gpt to see how good it would do at you know bouncing some stuff back and forth a concept and idea wise with you know what 
what key or scale should I switch to or what mood should I bring this? Because right now it's got this feel, but I want it to end on this feel. And when it comes to that, uh, I did have some luck with it actually sparking some some good ideas just from having some back and forth dialogue with a robot. Right. Well, you did almost uh, your entire album virtually with all of these musical virtuosos. So that's, you know, that's a real step up to where we're at now. I mean, we thought it was a big deal when we could start doing that, you know, the uh, Zoom, you know, things like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and being able to share all that and then, you know, having home studios and our computers now and all the, the limitations or, you know, no more limitations. You're working with people all over the world. Famous no, people jumping in on your album yeah so that was that was all with my first album uh, universe in my head that's the one where that was the first inquire within album and so that's when i my first thing from stepping away from the lifetime in in death metal that i had done and so i wanted to really come out swinging with it so i got a hold of a whole bunch of people who Thankfully, we're down to to jump on, and yeah, it's nice how virtually, you know, people were able to record in the studios of their choice or at their homes if they were able to, and then send it all to me, and I was able to compile it all for my producer, but then with my most recent album, that one I did, I wrote and recorded everything myself, and... Is that the that Alien was, Elite? Uh, so that's... Yeah, Alien Elite, that's the upcoming one, but okay. Meditation for the Devil, that right. that was the newest one. That one, that was sure a whole lot cheaper not hiring all those musicians that I had on the first one. I can't, I don't have the, uh, the name dropping ability now on the second one, but my wallet feels a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it works out. It all balances out. You know, gives you the the perception. So you're you're here making death metal. You're you're rocking out and and heavy metal and and your music you know is epic. I, I was definitely checking a bunch of that out because uh, I had a little musical project of my own, molecular. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe we'll we'll jam together sometime. But you're i want i want to get into some more of your youthful experiences in the second half but oh yeah yeah definitely uh, in this portion i'm just i'm i'm sitting here pondering how we got from death metal meditation for the devil to cryptids like, yes all right uh, yeah i'll reel it reel it and i want to mention as well since we we, we kind of skipped it uh inquire within official.com is the website guys if you want to go check it out inquire within is the band official.com okay yes thank you for that but yeah so <laughs> how did that uh <laughs> is this been a lifelong uh, passion of yours kind of like mine where you were reading about bigfoot and the loch ness monster as a kid and then you know just kept wondering wait you know life on planet earth isn't as normal as people think it is and and here's all these mysteries that are right here before our eyes and yeah yeah i'd say it definitely started young um <clears throat> oh excuse me oh my
Oh, I don't. I'm uh, choking on myself. No. Do you need? Oh. I was about to talk about aliens. Now they're getting me. Oh, sorry about that. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Now, you know, don't worry. Just, uh, I guess I'm allergic to air or something. Wow. <laughs> so anyways, for the book, yes, it started young. Uh, not so much the cryptids when I was younger. I just didn't really know about them when I was younger, but definitely aliens. I was obsessed with them ever since elementary school. I remember in, I think it was fourth grade, I was just nonstop drawing pictures of aliens so much that my teacher ended out, you know, bringing me alien stuffed animals and stuff. And so I, for a very long time, have had an interest there. And there's a lot of crossover there into cryptids and you know, as I got older and was researching aliens and stuff more and stumbling upon things like Coast to Coast AM and Fade to Black with Jimmy Church, that really kicked open the doors for me on, you know, learning a lot more about things besides aliens and Sasquatch. You know, I'm from Washington State, so Sasquatch stuff is everywhere, so... I've definitely been familiar with Sasquatch related things since I was young, but I'd say it was more in my teen years that teens to early twenties where the bigger fascination with cryptids started. And it, like I mentioned earlier for this book, it all just started. I kind of had a random idea to write an article about uh, a cryptid for each state and as I did that, uh, that article definitely sparked a much bigger interest for me. So I, myself, I don't think I can yet qualify, you know, as a cryptozoology expert, but I'm, I'm making my way there. Right. Yeah, I guess in South Carolina, we have the lizard man of scape or swamp. I'm going to have to go check yep. into some of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there were so many that I had never heard of before when I started diving into this. Like, Especially one that just totally blew my mind was the squonk in Pennsylvania. Like, That is the weirdest thing i have heard of out of all of them just you uh, know, tell big. us about the squonk so the squonk it's said to be i guess kind of pig looking i guess that's a way to put it but like saggy skin covered in warts and moles and other just i don't know like pussy nastiness and stuff and that it just spends all of its time in the woods crying because <laughs> it's self-aware of how it looks, which that's a very depressing uh, <laughs> existence from how it sounds. And so, yeah, like that a was really ugly pig. 
a pig yeah. kind of meets a hippopotamus with some... yeah but that one i thought was totally obscure and and weird because you know there's with a lot Who comes of up with different... this folklore right like you know <laughs> yeah. like the sad the sad monster yeah but it was even uh written about briefly in in uh the paul bunyan and his great blue ox book in 1926 and it's been in some other kind of folklore stories over the time uh over time so i think it dates back to i think it was 1910 is when the first stories of it started coming out and I I don't believe there was I don't recall there being much modern sightings. It's just kind of the story has lived on since then and other people have written about it since then and it's been portrayed in other bits of media, but like Steely I, Dan, my, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Um I forgot about that part. Yep. But I don't remember coming across recent sightings for that one. All right. Okay. So we have King Charles coming forward saying that he's a direct descendant of Vlad the Impaler or Count Dracula, and he's proud of it. Like we, we're sitting there and we're watching a world where you know, vampires might be taking over. I don't know. It kind of feels that way. And yeah, course, that, uh, <laughs> that fits in there here too as well. Yeah, I mean, on that note, I'm I'm finally I'm on the final season of True Blood on HBO, oh, wow. so I've been I've been getting my fill of vampire stuff. But uh, when it comes to the cryptid side of it, I did have one vampire story in the book. Uh, Rhode Island, they had. The Vampire Mercy Brown. And so that one, it was uh, in the 1880s. Uh, Mary Brown, she had tuberculosis and passed from that. And then as well as her daughter and then I believe their son also. And so then that... uh, Back in that time frame, you know, that's uh, between the witch hunts and all of that, you know, sometimes townsfolk get a little rambunctious with fear that there's something crazy going on. So uh, with that one, I, you know, hard to say, was it actually a vampire with how crazy the world is at this point? I'm not taking anything off the table. Sure, King Charles, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if that family's a bunch of vampires anyways. No. But uh, anyways, with that, they had some sort of test where the, the surviving member of the family needed to dig up the body and... Uh, check for signs of vampirism and eat their heart and all sorts of crazy stuff. And so the thing that threw them off that kind of gave more to the story that maybe she was a vampire is 
I'm trying to, I don't recall the exact amount of time that she had been buried, but when they dug her back up, they were all very shocked at how well preserved her body was. And so that even spread more fear that they actually were a vampire family. We really have to wonder uh, if these are just folklore. I mean, in the current modern age, we feel like we live in the information age. Like we know everything that's going on on planet Earth. But you ask a flat earther and they'll show you otherwise. <laughs> Leave you believing we don't know anything. Uh, along with uh, all the other things that we used to believe. But uh, it's 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 gotten to the point where it's, we're we're living in a world where we don't think there's any wonder left on planet earth and that we think we know it all and we're colliding particles in CERN and sending spacex off into you know we're, we're there we know everything and yet all these stories persist and exist and you know even up till now um i mean like what did you think when mexico rolled out those alien bodies yeah that was crazy i i didn't watch the first hearing of it but i read a bunch of the recaps but then for the second hearing that they did they thankfully had in live time the english translations going on right and so that i i sat through it all and i thought it was really cool the difference between the first one and the second one where after the first one the media and everything is like oh these are frankenstein together bodies or something like that and then for the second hearing they brought forth it was like 10 experts from different universities and uh, fields of study and very credible individuals and they all one by one went through the different aspects of these bodies that they had examined and studied. And there were so many universal conclusions that they all came to in their studies. And especially the main one being that all of them agreed that there was no way that this is some sort of fabrication. They're not necessarily going outright claiming that these are extraterrestrial but they that they're thousand-year-old mummified non-human entities. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And with I think it was what only thirty percent shared DNA with human, which is less than a germ or something. And right. so with that, that makes it. I'd say that gives some uh, credibility to the possibility of it being extraterrestrial. That and the metal plates. Right. that were in some of their chests and the osmium or what I think some of them were osmium and some of them were some sort of like silver chloride or something silver some sort but uh yeah with the and way those, that the oh, go ahead sorry uh, those circular chest plates were also depicted in the the Nazca lines when the, the alien that's drawn in the lines there has those two circles on his shoulders oh. just like it yeah, you know, I missed that. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Do they talk about that in the hearing? I don't think so. Oh, okay, I yeah, just, no, uh, I, I totally, yeah, that, that part never crossed my mind, but it 
makes sense. Yeah, that so, that was a crazy hearing. Yeah, I mean, so here we are. We're 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 you know coming out of the pandemic. Everybody's trying to get back to normal or whatever that is, and uh, at the same time, we've got this crazy AI, you know, just simulated reality going on. Meanwhile, David Grush is standing before the Congress, telling them we have alien, alien bodies, craft, and back-engineered tech, and uh, that people have died, and all this, and they're having skiffs, and and then Mexico wheels out you know, a couple of crates of alien bodies and shows them off to the world, and here you are with an entire book of cryptids of all the high strangeness going on in every single state in the United States, and yet the world just kind of goes, eh, you know, I don't know if they're even paying attention, right? Like, have you, do you, I mean, we, we run in weird circles, but most of the time, I don't know. I don't see anyone at the grocery store going, damn, did you see that stuff on the aliens in Congress? You know, not one. No, that's what's been weirding me out, especially because it is in the mainstream. So bombarded right now, more than ever that I, can think of when it comes to whether it be mainstream media or even kind of the mainstream of social media all the biggest influencers are regularly talking about it and so it's kind of in all aspects of media it is everywhere and somehow it's like ah oh, whatever but I don't maybe maybe that's in some ways not terrible because I remember for years and years it was always that the, you know the government can't let us know because the world's going to freak out so much that there's going to be riots or you know the civilization's going to fall apart from this Re realization of it all but this has been being pumped into the mainstream for a while now and everyone's just carrying on their way so uh yeah, they, you know, they call it catastrophic disclosure and yet nothing yeah yeah so I was, uh, maybe uh, maybe more people were had just already in the back of their heads been like oh yeah that makes sense than than what I had even initially given thought or credit to when I first started diving into the world of ufology and stuff. And for a long time, I was kind of under the impression that, you know, people that weren't super in in the world of ufology and stuff just must not know what's going on or anything but yeah man maybe maybe it's just not as big of a deal to people as i thought it would be it's crazy maybe it has something to do with that amnesia that we're all suffering according to ai uh we've just kind of all lost our minds after everything it feels that way it looks that way yeah <laughs> uh as a matter of fact i i can't conclude this uh first half of this show without bringing up the uh the obama's netflix movie oh yeah uh leave the world behind which is uh what we're gonna do in the second hour for sure is just leave <laughs> yeah. the world behind 
as we start to discuss uh, some of the coincidences and things that I think uh, Brett and I are going to find out about ourselves, being that we're both seemingly abductees and have never spoken to each other. I think we're going to find a lot of similarities. It's going to be great in the second hour, but I wanted to make sure that uh, we got in this uh, Leave the World Behind. Many people have noted that the the poster for this movie has the 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 credits, the stars up at the top of the list of the of the poster and if you look it it clearly spells the word ball uh b-a-a-l even i am ball oh. uh and then you know the catchphrase for for leave the world behind is there's no going back to normal uh. <laughs> oh yeah of course you know just some good you know predictive programming and all that just if you guys right don't now. know, the whole film's based <laughs> about uh, a cyber attack that, that takes down America. It's it's really, uh, uh, from everything I've seen, it says, go kill Whitey. Like, just hurry up and kill Whitey. And, of course, you know, produced by the Obamas, who are well known for hating Whitey. Uh, well, they, they kind of hate everybody, to be honest with you. After I've studied Michelle Obama a bit, uh, I find that she actually uh, was called an Oreo uh, by the the black kids in her neighborhood because she was white on the inside, black on the outside. This was their words. I don't, you know, I don't use such terms. But uh, if you go watch Michelle Obama twenty twenty four, the documentary, you find that she uh, she didn't enjoy uh, being around her ethnicist uh, ethnicity. Uh, she she didn't like being around black people, so she she raced off and she wouldn't go to school in in her neighborhood. She would go to the white school, um, because she spoke too white, I guess, and was considered an Oreo. So you know she ended up hating both black and white people all together. And so these people, you know, secretly behind the scenes, and Brett, you probably don't know, but well, you know, you do know uh, that I I consider them clones of Akhenaten and Queen T and therefore the antichrist uh but you know uh yeah I, i'm sorry i went off on a horrible tangent there but they, <laughs> no, they really okay. do hate people guys that's really my point and and this whole film you know it says obey nasa and the symbolism of the the t-shirts that they're wearing and stuff uh really lays it out there for you in this marxist takeover of kill whitey and what a hell of a way to to end this first hour <laughs> No, I saw some uh, some previews for that one. The thing that stood out to me is, I mean, just being from the fact that it's coming from the Obamas and talking about the, the power grid going out, that's something where, I don't know, well over 10 years ago, I was regularly hearing on coast-to-coast experts coming on and actually talking about how weak of a power grid the U.S. has and how outdated it is compared to a lot of other countries and how, you know, it could just take one well-placed EMP blast in space to just totally wreak havoc for a super long time. And so... As far as I understand, yeah. 16 people with slingshots could do it. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. And so I'd say when an ex president makes a movie about that sort of situation and then the one it's, he's controlling keeps saying it's going to be a dark winter yeah yeah so uh, you know it's real real comforting when when people on the inside start uh, making 
something like that kind yeah. of a little bit more on edge like <laughs> oh, man, is, it, odd. is it is it coming this time dang it <laughs> i mean it's pretty surreal right like the, the whole premise of this entire show is is how surreal reality is right now and yeah to have an ex-president writing a movie about the destruction of america through a you know a cyber attack uh and then meanwhile all over the news you know threats of china cyber attacks everywhere it's just getting off the hook right now i think it's so surreal but you know uh over at inquirewithinofficial.com i just wanted to ask you you know um oh you know why why are you willing to kill the planet by planting so many trees dude do you know how much co2 you're taking out of the atmosphere wait wait you know you (laughs) <laughs> you were talking about how much the Obamas hate people, and I just really share that sentiment. So I decided I was going to plant a whole bunch of trees to really show the world how much I dislike them. <laughs> well, good job. No, really. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it looks like you're really making the moves with that. And that's something I always wanted to to sponsor as well. You know, food, not lawns. I I, I ran around trying to push that around mm-hmm. and uh, getting trees done. And uh, I'm so glad yeah. that that's your focus there. No, definitely. That's something where it was right before I put out universe in my head. I had come across an organization, Trees for the Future, and I was for a while thinking, oh man, that would be really cool to have it so a portion of, you know, album sales go towards go towards something nice like that, especially because kind of my logic was there's not all that much money in album sales anyways, like the money comes from doing shows or from you know there's it in the world of music uh the album sales for not for all but in many cases it's you know not not the biggest thing so i was like well i i might as well just uh, make a portion of it go towards something good and bigger than myself and so i got a hold of them and it worked it out so that uh a portion of each album sale would go directly to them. And then uh, for a while too, I decided I wanted to step it up a notch. And so uh, I've had periods of times here and there where I'll make it where a a percentage of all the merchandise sales will. And then uh, when I launched Meditation for the Devil, I had it too. So, uh, percentage of the spotify and apple streams would contribute to it because you know those like on spotify it's like a third of a penny per stream and so i think i broke it down to where every thousand streams i was able to uh scrape together enough to to chip in a tree so i had that going for a while and I'm sure for when I launch Alien Elite, I'll probably work out something similar. I've I've done it every time so far, so I might as well keep it going. But I'm also, uh, this time around, open to looking around to see if there's you know something else to do with it. I've done, I think, a, enough 
trees for far beyond any impact generations and generations of my family would have on this planet. So, uh, yeah, I'm open, open into looking into something else for the next album to contribute to. Uh, Alien Elite Perception Warfare. That's a great title. And we're going to get into some more of the extraterrestrial side of Brett's story here and some of mine as well uh, as we put two uh, seeming possibly abductees into the same room and we chat (laughs) about our experiences. So if you're intrigued and you want to know more, uh, definitely go to inquirewithinofficial.com and uh, check out all of Brett's music out there. We'll be looking forward to Alien Elite. That's going to be some great lyrics in there. I know that. And also you can follow him at Inquire Official on X, uh, where I do. And uh, But we're going to take this over into the members section, get deeper and, and stranger into this. So I hope you will come over to freemantv.com from wherever you're listening here on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google, Android, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, that's where this show is. Uh, but come over to freemantv.com to get all of it, to get the deeper skinny of it and much more and subscribe, help uh, produce this show and uh, get all the bonus hours that go into that. And this just keeps the show alive, a little few bucks a month, and you get to just uh, be a producer of this program. Hell, you can write me and tell me what you want me to talk about. <laughs> just throw it on out there. But we're going to get weird and strange on the other side, because I know there's just some really intriguing stories that we're going to share about hybrid babies, just memories, dreams, and reflections of extraterrestrials in our lives, and why... Uh, why why we we dig into these things i think it's gonna be a really interesting talk so i hope you guys will come over and and join so uh and i want to thank everyone for picking up the aqua cure on uh black friday thank you so much that support really helps too and if you want to get the aqua cure the link's right there on the show notes and you can get five percent off using promo code freeman and i mean it's an amazing device and you can make fire with water (laughs) back engineer that and start running your car on this thing i mean that's that's what it's for and it looks like we're gonna have some major power outages coming out and making fire from water might just be a good way to keep yourself alive so thank you all so much and we will see you next week